I'm Christy. I started this podcast with the victims and their families in mind. I love true crime, and so often I find the victims' lives and the stories about who they are get lost in the details of their death or disappearance, and I just wanted to do a podcast my own way and reach out to families and and talk with them so they know that they're not alone. I want the families to know that there's a whole community of true crime enthusiasts that would love to be able to help. So getting the word out about these stories is so important, especially in this day and age where social media and technology continue to show us that they are capable of solving cold cases. And in the Midwest, where 48% of homicides go unsolved, social media can be so important. So welcome to Little Crimes on the Prairie, brought to you by Crooked Sea Ranch Productions. Welcome to Little Crimes on the Prairie. This is Christy, and I'm here with Serena. Hi. How are Hi. you today? Good. That's good. Um, today we're talking about Eugene Beener Prince. Um, he went missing from Woonsocket, South Dakota, March 26, 2020. Still pretty fresh, like 132 days, I believe. Um, his mom posts on Facebook every day. Woonsocket was developed in 1883 as a railroad town. It was on the junction of the Chicago, Milwaukee, and St. Paul Railroad. The town was named after the railroad superintendent's home of Woonsocket, Rhode Island. The town was incorporated in 1888. It's largely a farming community, much like most of South Dakota. It's located on Highway 34, just south of Huron. In 2010, the census reported that there were 655 people in Woonsocket, and since then, two people have disappeared, Rachel Syriax in 2013 and Eugene Prinz this past March. We're going to talk about Eugene's story today. We'll talk about Rachel on a future episode. I spoke with Eugene's mom, Pat, and um, she's a very, very sweet, badass lady. Did you, did you get a chance to look at her Facebook? Yes. Today, she posted... Uh, 132 days now I've been trying to talk to you in these messages only because I've denied the option of talking to you face to face. It gets harder and harder every day. All I want is to be able to see you and visit in person. This is not the way I ever thought a night of you going out would end. The nonstop waiting day after day of some word or anything about you. I'm left with nothing but the hope someone either tells me where you are and what happened to you or they accidentally find you. Because Lord knows we have searched everywhere we can possibly think of. Thinking of you and missing you more and more every day. It's like a never-ending knife in the heart. The pain is unbearable some days. The tears start as soon as my eyes open, and if I'm lucky, they stop before I leave for work. But days like today, when the thought of never finding you or seeing you again, it knocks the wind right out of me. This all hurts so much, son, and I didn't need it to happen. I'm so hurt and angry with everyone and anyone that was ever involved. March 26th, I lost my son because of stupidity, plain and simple. 
I miss you so very much more and more every day. It will never stop until I know where you are. You are my child and I will always love you and need you in my life. Hold on, my darling boy. I'm never giving up on you or finding you and bringing you home where you belong. I love you, son, always and forever. So, yeah, um, his mom told me a story about um, he was born May 14th, 1974. And when he was born, he was just little and could fit in the palm of her hand. And he's like a little bean. So, yeah, they just started calling him Beaner. The most adorable story I've ever heard. And yeah, so that name stuck with him. Um, He was known as Beaner. On March 26th, Beaner agreed to help his friend take a log splitter to Fedora, South Dakota. So they stopped at Eugene's brother's shop to pick up this log splitter and some ice and beer, you know, short road trip. They chatted for a little while and then they left the shop and drove to Fedora. So where in relation to Woonsocket is Fedora? Now Fedora is about 25 minutes east of Woonsocket. If they didn't make any stops on the way, the drive from uh, from there should take about 25 minutes. Uh, that's, you know, approximate. If there was no stops, and you know, can't be sure that he didn't stop, but you know, according to a, according to the friend, I guess that there weren't any stops made before they dropped this thing off in Fedora. That would put them in Fedora about 5.55 to 6.15. And if they stayed and chatted for a little while, that means that they left somewhere between 6 and 6.15. Maybe as late as 6.30 if if they did chat with, you know, somebody. I don't know. I know that if I'm dropping off a piece of equipment somewhere, normally I like to make sure whoever is supposed to get it gets it. Yeah, you got the Midwest goodbye going on. It right. takes a while. Right, right. It takes a while. It does take a while. You're not you're not lying. At approximately 7.38 that night, um, surveillance footage showed Eugene and his friend leaving a bar called Dorn's Bar in um, Forestburg. And this is about um, 15 minutes from Fedora on the way back. Back towards Woonsocket. Yeah. Okay. You know, road tripping. Like, I'd have a beer with them. Yeah. Yeah. Surveillance footage shows them leaving at 738. So, you know, you'd almost think that they were... I'd like to think that they were there for about an hour, mm-hmm. about 630, which makes sense if they left right away, you know, didn't really stick around much to chat. It would, you know, it would make total sense if they were there about, for about an hour before they left. So... Uh- the footage shows them leaving. Did it show them arriving at Doran's bar? No. Apparently, they only had the camera towards the back where there's an alley. And the surveillance footage just shows them just driving past. So, you know, I imagine that they parked kind of cockeyed in the, you know, on the curb or whatever, mm-hmm. it, like we do. And then just pulled out that way and maybe went through that alley and, you know, got back on the highway. Yeah, we know how much it sucks when there's not enough camera coverage for appropriate surveillance or even identification purposes. It totally sucks. (laughs) And that's just from a professional standpoint. I can't imagine, you know, being someone's family and realizing that you only get that one 
that one shot that's that's your last shot mm-hmm. you know of them that you know that you know of so after they left Doran's bar where do they go according to the family uh they stopped at a mutual friend's house a rural residence uh between Forsberg and Woonsocket according to the family that was the last place he was seen um and that's what the friend that was with Eugene told them so I know it's a little third-hand information here, but but you know that's that that's the story as I as I heard it. I know that it said that um, his friend went went inside and came out and he was gone. Okay, so they leave the friend's residence. Well, the friend leaves the residence. Eventually, he does without Eugene. Yeah, and he heads back to Woonsocket. And at about 9-11, um, he stopped at the shop, at his brother's, Eugene's brother's shop, I, I should say. Says that he lost Eugene in between uh, Fedora and Forest or in Woonsocket, I guess, or Fedora and Forestburg. It's kind of strange, you know, how do you lose a grown-up? Right. Um, his brother even thought it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody really took it serious that, that night, not immediately anyway. The next morning, it was um, it was the friend that that contacted the family and said, "Hey, I still haven't heard from Eugene. There's a uh, reason to believe that you know um, his phone is dead. It had been it had been ringing um, overnight, mm-hmm. according to him, and um, at about eight a.m. is when it started going straight to voicemail. At eleven a.m. is when um, the friend actually contacted the family and let them know." He was no had not been able to get a hold of Eugene overnight. Scary stuff. It's More definitely not twelve yeah. hours. Yeah, and it's definitely not something you know you're ready to wake up to. Especially you know, it's a grown child, and you know sometimes they go out and party a little too hard, or um, you know maybe they just they do their own things. Yeah, um, it's hard to be immediately worried, but uh, it's really apparent how close this family really is, and. So at noon, when no one had had heard from Beaner, the family decided to contact the local law enforcement. They reported him missing, and law enforcement was actually very responsive initially, which is, you know, uncharacteristic. We know so often. Especially for an adult male. Right. So often they aren't taken seriously um, initially. And so bravo to Sanborn County Sheriff's Office for um, the quick response on that. So that day, like right away at like 1230, they started to conduct a search in the area around that rural residence. According to the family, they found footprints that headed south from the farm. But, um, you know, as in any small town, uh, word travels fast, and people were coming out to help search and drove over these tracks, apparently. Uh, yeah. Um, they had used a drug dog um, to find uh, and did not find anything. Um, drones were used. It was a pretty extensive search from the beginning. Yeah. That's um, that's encouraging. You know, maybe it's a sign of the times, you know, maybe, right. maybe in the future uh, when family reports somebody missing, they take it seriously right away rather than... Um, Every second counts in yeah. those situations. Yeah. So this is happening. 
on March 27th. What is the weather like in March in South Dakota? It was, the snow was melting. A lot of snow was melting. There were reports of water going over the roads in some areas. It has been brought up um, by Eugene's family that um, it is possible he could have gotten, you know, swept away. But, you know, any evidence of that, there is just no evidence of that either. Nothing has been found. You would think that if he did get swept away um, by a current or water over the road, or even walked into, you know, one of the many areas around around the uh, Woonsocket and Forestburg areas or wetlands, mm-hmm. um, you know, you would see something, uh, flattened reeds, um, there's just no just disturbed grass you evidence would, of him yeah not not, not anything um not anything so far um i know the family reported that there was a sock that was found somewhere a black sock in that area but um they couldn't confirm if it was his or not or you know where it may have come from there's um there's just a, a whole lot of lack of evidence there just isn't anything. It's like he just, you know, the footprints just came to a stop. You know, either, I mean, did he get into a vehicle with somebody? And how long did they search for him? Um, until about 9 o'clock that night, it was called off due to the weather. So once again, you know, it was probably cold and raining, um, very wet. Potential ice. Yeah. 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 Just a difficult um, search area altogether. But, you know, you would think you would think something would have been found by now. Right. Did Was that the only search they did? Was that one day? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, as a matter of fact, the family goes out uh, to the area almost every day and and conducts their own search. Um, Even to this day? Still to this day. Um, so if you think about that, that's 132 um, independent searches done by the family in, in that With area. With still nothing. With nothing. So, um, but, um, in the days following his disappearance, they, um, they conducted many searches. They brought in, um, a number of agencies. I know the Mitchell search and rescue team, um, obviously the Sanborn County Sheriff's Department. April 3rd, um, there was a, there was a search conducted. Some family and friends had, uh, rented an airplane and flew over the James River Valley. They didn't see anything following weeks they brought out bloodhounds and cadaver dogs and apparently the cadaver dogs did pick up a scent um, that took them to a stock dam in the area beetle and davidson county dive teams they walked the stock dam and used rods and poked and prodded around they just did not find anything and still to this day there's been no signs of eugene or his whereabouts and his family is obviously devastated it's um it's a tough thing um i was i was glad to meet them and be able to talk to them about this i know it's um still very fresh for them and uh you know anytime you don't have answers is is something i just can't imagine so hopefully they know that we stand with them during this difficult time there's an article from the mitchell republic newspaper that was reported on April 8th, 2020. 
To date, there are no new leads about where the missing 45-year-old Woonsocket man may have gone, according to Sanborn County Sheriff Tom Fridley and Eugene's family. Tom Fridley told the Daily Republic on Wednesday morning that the sheriff's office, with assistance from the Highway Patrol, Mitchell Search and Rescue, Tracking and Cadaver Dogs, and civilians, have covered 36 square miles in the area of Forestburg, Woonsocket, and Letcher, South Dakota. And they're trying to plan their next steps for, for the search. According to Tom Fridley, they are regrouping and trying to figure out the best use of the resources and still reassessing and trying to sort out Eugene's last steps. Yeah, that's kind of the the response I got from the sheriff's office. So considering it is an ongoing case, according to the family, the friend did pass a polygraph test um, and apparently was questioned by police. At this point, it's unclear if he's still a suspect or... If there's any foul play. Yeah, yeah, or if there's foul play at all. It, it's it's hard to imagine. Grown men just don't vanish into thin air. It's it's hard to it's hard to put a you know a visual on that. Mm-hmm. You know where where he could be or um, how how someone you know g- gets lost like that. And unlike a lot of people in 2020, Eugene had a track phone. Yes. Oh, not traceable. Yes. Um, and it, yeah, like, I mean, I have a track phone, but it's an iPhone, you know, so like you have a, a SIM card and yeah, GPS yeah, and like, yeah, his was just like a, a, little, like a flip phone. Yeah. A total flip phone. Like he, like yes. he could take some pictures on it and, you know, but it was, it was all he really needed. You know, he's wasn't, wasn't a real fancy guy, but you know, he, he enjoyed collecting beer steins, and him and his brothers enjoyed um, collecting monster truck car, you know, little matchbox cars. Mm-hmm. Hot Wheels. Yeah, yeah, Hot Wheels. Uh, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, Colton and Tim. Don't uh, don't yell at me. <laughs> but anyways, um, there was an interesting article. I just sent it to you, Serena, if you want to take a look at it. Yeah, this is an article from the Sanborn Weekly Journal. The headline, Woonsocket Fire Department Called to Rural Home. On Tuesday, April 7th, the Woonsocket Fire Department was called to a residence southeast of Woonsocket. According to witnesses on the scene, the family was burning trash and the fire escaped the fire barrel, setting a shelter belt of dead trees on fire. The fire was contained rather quickly with no damage to the property. Interesting to note that Rural residence is um, is the residence of the friend that was last seen with Eugene. So there's that. He uh, did apparently pass a polygraph. So um, I'm unsure at this point where he stands with law enforcement, but mm-hmm. um, but you know that's that, that is a thing. So he's most likely not considered a suspect. Yeah, I mean, at least they didn't act like that. That particular incident was... um, And it's not entirely uncommon to be burning your trash. Oh, no, no. Um, Not uncommon at all, but still, it's a thing that that happened. It's important to note. So, with that said, um, that's the the long and the short of Eugene Prenz. Here's what Eugene's brother Colton had to say. Uh, Our family's hurting right now. Any information, anything. It could have been, oh, I saw Beaner three, three, four hours before it ever happened that day. Just 
anything that could help of any way possible. Come forward to our, my mother, my father, my brother, me, Tom Fridley, Jason Cohen, and Josh Starsman. Anyone that has any involvement in this case that could help. So as usual, if um, you have any information, Serena will uh, give you the details. Eugene was last seen wearing a blue plaid coat, khaki pants, tennis shoes, a gray stocking cap. He has both his ears pierced. He's got a tattoo of the word beaner. Uh, He's about 5'7", 170 pounds, dark graying brown hair, brown eyes, missing some teeth. Um, If you know anything, if you've seen anything, you can contact the Sanborn County Sheriff's Office at 605-796-4511 or check out the Facebook page for Missing Eugene Prince. All right, until next time. Stay busy. 